2: Parties in parties and a ten by seven cell It's astounding the legs I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help Yeah, I am waving while I drown Don't bother swimming out to save me I will only drag you down I'll try to use your body as a life raft Cause if there's room enough for one There must be room enough for two I'll sail and good ship you into the sunset been on savory water till my liver turns blue, Savannah. It's a standard the lengths I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help
1: Put down your pens, put down your pencils Step away from the keyboards and settle in For this week's episode of The Writer's Block First and foremost, allow me to thank Don and Sally Ray For giving birth to me, because without them None of this is
2: possible
1: Also, allow me to thank Muddy Waters Media For allowing me to do this show And as always, Grassroots Kava House Thank you for the kava That I drink on this and every single episode Of The Writer's Block To all above Bula Vinaka Uh, My guest today is Mr. Daniel Taxation is Theft Berman. He is the host of Taxation is Theft podcast, and he is running for the libertarian nomination for president in 2020. I don't know to call you Daniel or Mr. Berman or Mr. Taxation is Theft.
0: I I usually just go by Dan.
1: Okay, Dan. All right. (laughs) Dan, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. No, How's it
1: going? absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I do appreciate you. Uh, I do appreciate you being here. I do appreciate you taking time out of your day and I appreciate you wearing the hat.
0: Absolutely. Wouldn't be caught dead <laughs> without it.
1: Right. So, um, I was actually watching one of your episodes today cause I was trying to study up on you. Um, and I like to wait to the last minute to cram, you know, that's how I got so far in high school and college is to cram at the last minute. And, uh, yeah, you put on a you put on a good show. I like it. Thanks. Yeah,
0: um, I, I mean, well, it's kind of it's kind of weird hearing that from someone who's not with the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching what you're what you've been posting on Facebook.
1: Yeah, we we get those. We we <laughs> we made a joke the other day that uh, uh, Spike has been on. I think it was Tuesday, actually. Spike, my co-host of the Mighty Waters of Freedom he has been on Facebook for seven years as of Tuesday. And the joke is he's been in Facebook jail for three and a half years of it today. I've been on Facebook for 12 years and I think I've been in Facebook jail for 48 hours.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think I got a three day ban once that was, that was, although I do have a permanent ban on running any ads from my main account. So I had to set up a sock account just for that. Just to do ads. Yeah. So, so, um, Way back in the day, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think this was in, this was in what, 2014 maybe when I was running for Texas House. Right. Um, I saw an article. It pissed me off. I shared it and I was like, I could put so much profanity in this. But I'm just going to say, this is why not a damn thing ever changes. And I did a $5 boost. (laughs) (laughs) And I was banned for life from ever running an ad from that account. So I was like, well two email addresses, let's see. And uh so that's how I run ads. It's it's insane, but
1: that's yeah. how they roll. Yeah, I mean that is how they roll. So um I don't know how much you know about the muddy waters, muddied waters media and um, all of it, all the shows, but all of it started because of uh this stupid, disgusting drink called Kava that we drink. Um but I used to work in the Kava and Kava and Kratom industry, and Kratom eh.
0: That comes from, does that come from Tonga?
1: Uh, Kava does come, yeah, it will come from Tonga. It comes from Tonga. I had
0: some in Tonga.
1: Did you really?
0: I did. I was This entire
1: interview is about to change, by the way.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so let me give you the backstory. Um, The Kind of the first job I ever had, I was a computer nerd, right? So I was always messing around with computers. And uh, I don't know how exactly I found this job, but I started working for this woman who was like, this scuba driver who went around the world scuba diving and taking pictures and she opened up her little stock house in Santa Monica and she was selling pictures and this was like all on film so it was all slides and everything and she was one of these people who was like yeah we're not switching to digital that's crap uh, or maybe she was the one I don't I don't remember but that's when that whole debate was going on and so um, so I was doing like some tech stuff I was helping manage the database for that and finally like we were always talking about yeah you should come with us to go to go scuba diving and and all this stuff and it was all talk and then finally like five years after i stopped working for her she called me up and said hey we're putting together a couple dives one of them was in costa rica and one of them was in tonga so i got to go to both of those and it was both of them it was just kind of like we're sitting on a boat for like five days or so and uh and so i was out in the middle of tonga and we went to all these all these islands around there and you know it was it was a lot of locals who were kind of um you know managing the ship and they they had kava and that was like you know kind of the entertainment for one of the night was to pass around the kava and we drank it and sat around playing music and and all kinds of stuff so it was pretty awesome
1: so okay so traditionally um I love that I finally have somebody on that can talk about this stuff. This is amazing to me. <laughs> uh, so traditionally they do it in like a large wooden like bowl kind, kind of, of, yeah.
0: Looking. Like, you know where they dry it out and make something like that. Yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah. So it's traditionally served in like a shell, like a, like half of a gourd or half of a coconut shell or something like that. But the, did they mix it on the boat or do you remember if they mix it on the boat? Or I don't remember.
0: I don't remember them mixing it. Um, I, and, you know, like I said, this is a long time ago, so I'm, I'm remembering bits and pieces of it. I think I think we did have, like, little coconut uh, cups yep. that they were pouring it into that yep. we were drinking out of. Um, but uh, I don't remember seeing them actually, like, prepare it. So, uh, so who knows? But they were all natives, so I'm sure they did it, right, they did the, it the right way. It wasn't like a, way. you know. Yeah, it wasn't like a. It, this wasn't like you know a big like cruise line or anything that that would have been like okay we got we got the McDonald's uh, shake mix just add water like <laughs> which is I mean I guess that's kind of how you make it anyway but
1: <laughs> well, it, it, there, okay so there's more one, or less yeah there's a little bit more that goes into it than that because um, right it, it, it's not water soluble so you can't just like mix it it just it, all of it sinks to the bottom there's like this right. whole process you have to do and it, you have to strain it it's more like a tea. And uh, one, of our, one of our regular listeners, Jacob LaBelle, calls it spit tea, and he is wrong. I mean, it tastes disgusting, but um, <laughs> it's amazing stuff. Uh, no, that's amazing. I, I, I definitely know people who have gone and done, like, kava ceremonies or gone to Tonga or Vanuatu or Fiji and, like, had kava there. But I've never had somebody on my show that has done anything like that. And that's like that's something I want to try before I die.
0: That's uh well, if you're into scuba diving, I can, I can turn you on to the right people that will go on that trip. It's uh, it was, it was really, that was actually, um, this is, this is another interesting story about that trip. Apparently it's illegal to get in the water with humpback whales in just about everywhere in the world, except for Tonga. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's a story I was told.
1: John, John McAfee must spend all of his time in Tonga.
0: Is, is, has he been in the water with one I, or did he take he, a selfie
1: He's he's got this whole thing about trying to have sex with whales so i'm assuming Ah,
0: that's right that's right was it a humpback though
1: i i, I mean <laughs> what other kind of whale would bit. you try to have sex yeah with?
0: right <laughs> okay fair point <laughs> um but yeah so that was that was awesome we actually got to we actually got to, i mean you're not allowed to scuba dive with him but we snorkeled with him that's cool and that was that was yeah that was really awesome
1: and you went to costa rica as well
0: yeah. And Costa Rica was, I, I call it Jurassic Park Island. Cause I don't know if you like, I was a, I was a huge fan of that movie. So I remember like the Island that took place was 300 miles off the coast of Costa Rica. That's where this Island was. Um, it was called Cocos Island. Right. And it was like a little reserve park. And supposedly there's like buried treasure all over the Island from, from pirates and stuff from, you know, 500,000 years ago. And, um, and so you go diving there and there's just sharks everywhere, but it was like, it was really awesome. Cause they're, you know, they're small sharks. They don't attack people. That's, that's kind of like, that was one of the things I learned working for this woman um, because it was, uh, she was, she was actually a very big advocate for, um, I don't want, I guess I'll say sharks rights. Um, there there is, you know, there's this finning that goes on where they pull sharks out of the water and they cut their fins off and they just throw them back. Cause all they want is the fins to make uh shark soup or you know, as a they say it's an aphrodisiac or something um so she was like you know an activist against that so her whole thing was like yeah sharks are actually really friendly and nice except for maybe the great whites and uh you can get in the water with them and so we we went diving with all these sharks everywhere it was a totally like amazing experience and even we even did a night dive where you know most of the time they were kind of out just chilling sometimes they were sleeping but at night is when they get out and feed. So like we were out there and basically the rule was don't go down to where they are. And I had a little flashlight and I'm pointing it down and it was like an Indiana Jones, you know, when, uh, what was it? Uh, which one was it? I think it was Raiders of the Lost Ark where he's in the, he's in the room and there's like a little hole in the ceiling with light coming down and there's all the snakes on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like that with my little, my little spotlight flashlight on the ground and just like sharks, like swarming around looking. It was amazing.
1: That's, um, that sounds awesome and terrifying at the exact same time.
0: It, it was, but I mean, it's, I don't know. I guess I like to live dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it was just an awesome experience though.
1: So was that in the uh, Pacific coast or the uh, Caribbean side?
0: That was the, uh, yeah, the Pacific side.
1: Okay. I used to go down to uh, dominical uh, on the Pacific coast down there in Southern it's like a uh, down South of Capos a little bit. And I would go hang out down there for, you know, like months at a time. And uh, nice. that great time. But like I was, like we were talking before the show, I don't drink anymore. So I don't know what I would do in coaster. People are like, go, you, there's so much to do and see. I'm like, right. But is there like, yeah, it's a rain I've seen it. I've seen a monkey. Yeah. Other than drinking right. and surfing, I don't really know what else there is to do down there. Um, but, yeah, I love Costa Rica. I would definitely go back if I had, like, a sober companion. <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> need, like, a sponsor with me uh, to go back and hang out there. Um, right. Because there's a lot of things you can get in Costa Rica really easily that are really good that uh, <laughs> aren't exactly legal here in the U.S. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so how is it that you, what was the path that you took to become a libertarian? Like where, where was it that you started? And then one day you were like, uh, I hate both parties and, uh, I need a different, I need a different outlet.
0: I think I was born with it.
2: Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, I mean like, I've I've always been like very anti authoritarian, like, you know, even, even, oh, my, my mom must have been like, I don't know how she dealt with me. Like, you know, uh, go, you know, do your homework. Why, why should I, what's, what's the purpose of this? What's going to happen if I don't, you know, like what's, you know, I would challenge everything. Um, and so I, I didn't even really get into politics. Well, I used to watch a lot of like TV shows with my parents, like, I you know, which would be like, um, Dennis Miller live, um, you know shows like that, which were very like, you know, I think they leaned pretty much Democrat, um, and so I was in California, so <laughs> I don't. You, you look like was he? I was was, like, he, I, was he Republican?
1: I, I think Dennis Miller leaned more conservative, but I mean, I, that, really? may been, I, that may have been that may have been later in his career.
0: It's I don't know. It was so long ago, but like I just remembered, like you know everything. I remember he would always criticize the system just saying like, yeah, all these politicians are morons. And I was, I would always laugh at that and say, yeah, they're all morons before I even know who the, who they were or why. Um, But yeah, like just in California, it was like, everything was all Democrat. I was afraid of guns um, because, you know, we had dare come to our school and tell us how dangerous don't like treat a gun. uh, what, What would they say? Like, even if you think, even if you check it and it's unloaded, it's loaded. Like it could just go, an unloaded gun can go off. Like these are the ideas that I had in my head and I don't know if they directly said it or if that was just my imagination from them being vague, but it was insane. And um, so I, I kind of sided with the Democrats from being out there and um, I have a hard time admitting that I voted for Obama (laughs) in 08. That was the first time I voted um, and he broke my heart. And then it was like right after, like it was like a week after, because that was kind of right when I started paying attention to politics. I was I was into like investing in real estate and like I wasn't I wasn't doing it, but I was learning about it. I wanted to figure out how to make some money. Right. Right. And so that's when the market started crashing. And it was like almost like a week after the elections where I saw somebody with a sticker on their car that said, who is Ron Paul? And um, so I started looking into Ron Paul, and it was right around then that I was like, oh, shit, I should have voted for that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then so I kind of became after that is right around the time I moved to Texas and uh, became a Texan. And I kind of became a Republican because of Ron Paul. And uh, from there, I was like, OK, well, the Republicans kind of suck, too. <laughs> um, they were, you know, they were anti-marijuana. Um, they were they they seemed very. Um, xenophobic uh there were um i don't want to say they were racist but a lot of the racists seemed to be from from what i saw anyway in that group i know there's a lot of them in both parties but um i was just like and then i started listening to what their politicians were saying and then i saw what they did to ron paul um in in 2012 and i was like this whole thing is screwed up so so then i was like man screw this and at that point i was already researching the uh, you know especially because of ron paul is researching the income tax and and the laws that you know whether or not you have to pay income tax and all this so um so yeah i you know i, I was i had been fighting that system i had been driving without a license already for a couple of years and i was like man these people are there's got to be somebody who thinks like me and I thought it was the tea party at first just because I was like, yeah, it's named after the Boston tea party. That's gotta be them. Right. But no, (laughs) no, no.
2: I had so so much hope for the
1: tea party. I had so much hope for the tea party when they first came out and then they just, they just crapped the bed so quick.
0: Yeah. They, well, they were infiltrated and it's the same thing that I think a lot of people are trying to do with the, with the libertarian party. Right. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, And this is one thing I keep giving the Libertarian Party shit for the whole time is you didn't find me. I had to find you and you were hiding under a fucking rock (laughs) like, um, you know, you should have been easier for me to find. What's going on here? Um, But, yeah, I met him in San Antonio and, you know, I worked with him a lot. That's when I ran for uh, Texas House and continued working with them there. And then, you know, I just kept like something's not right here. I wanted to change it. So I kept, okay, I'm going to go to the national and like figure out this whole system. And, and, and uh, I'm like, man, nobody's saying, nobody's saying things the way I want them to be said. So I've got to, I've got to come out here and I've got to build a brand. So I started with taxation is theft. And then I was like, okay, let's look at the presidential candidates. They all suck. Um, I, I'm going to have to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah all right (laughs) it's i mean it's it's an interesting story that's the short version because i mean i could probably talk for for i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna have like a 24 episode mini series to to give you this story to get the full story on how you
1: became a libertarian
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah i mean mine mine was a lot different mine was um i got arrested for uh having marijuana on me when i was 19 years old and i was like well that's stupid. Why can't I And I yeah. have to wear my seatbelt? Why do I have to wear my seatbelt and why can't I smoke weed? And then after that it was just downhill. Well, uphill, I guess. I don't know. It depends on which way you yeah. look at it. Um Yeah, it's
0: it's every time like you see that stuff, it's like every single one of those little incidents kind of like gives you more more energy to like the wanna fight the system because it's it's like, yeah, it's it's completely insane. I watched a video today of it was like two or three cops in a hospital room searching. This guy just got diagnosed with cancer. He's lying in the hospital room um, and they're searching for his marijuana capsules that are illegal in whatever state he was in. And and like his friends just trying to explain, look, he's he's going to die soon. Are you seriously going to fucking do this right now? Do you have a warrant? Do you have any in there? Just like, well, look, we haven't written a ticket yet, but if we find something, we're not going to arrest you. We're just going to give you a ticket. And it's like, what the... I
1: mean,
0: what? shit. I, I would have said I'm going to be dead in a month, so I'm not going to fucking pay it. So what's the point? Right, yeah,
1: exactly. Like, You're really going to waste your time. You're going to waste the time of everybody in this room to write me a ticket when I'm dying. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, but we're just doing our jobs and it's like, yeah, but there are people out there who are raping and murdering. Why don't you go catch them?
1: Right. So let's talk a little bit about your, uh, your, 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 I, I was about to say upcoming campaign, but I guess it's currently going on. Uh, so your current presidential campaign, uh, I was talking before I, before I got here to uh, do the show, I was talking to some people and I said, I've got a presidential candidate coming on my show. Cause I like to sound very important. Uh, I was like, I've got a presidential candidate coming on my show. And immediately everybody said, Bernie. And I went, have you seen my show? <laughs> and they all said, no. And I went, he would not come on. I don't believe he would come on. Not any if you of-
0: paid him 50 grand.
1: No, no, he would not. And, um, I said, no, it's a, it's this Libertarian guy. His name's uh, Dan Berman. You should look him up. Uh, and they went, oh. And immediately, you know, you got the typical questions of why is the Libertarian even going to run? Like, he doesn't have a chance, you know, stuff like that. But uh, somebody did ask, like, if he wins, who's going to build the ro- <laughs> Who's going to build the roads? So I'm actually going to pose that question to you because – I think that all of the people out there who ask me that stupid question on a daily basis need to hear it. Sure. In a – in a uh, volunt- voluntary services versus free market services uh, versus government services, who's building them?
0: So this is kind of like what I like to tell people because – I know it's, I mean, believe me, I know it is in my gut to just tell him, I don't give a fuck who builds it. <laughs> um, that's, and, and like, there are like the, you know, the hardcore anarchists that are just like, just like, that's a stupid question and you're an idiot for asking it. But the reality is like, you don't get anywhere by saying that. And the reality is it actually is a very valid question. Um, you know, I don't want to be driving around dirt on dirt roads. Right. Um, so it's 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 really an interesting question but what i like to tell people when they ask that is that's actually a really good question and if we can first admit and understand that taxation is theft right step one admit you have a problem taxation is theft we're stealing from people in order to fund this organization um if we can at least admit that's a problem we can ask the question which is which is what these people are now asking how okay how do we pay for it and roads are are kind of um, it's my, my short answer to all of that is always, look, I don't care how we pay for it as long as we don't do it by stealing. Let's come up with answers. If we use our brains and we're asking the question now, we can come up with answers. The reality is roads are diverse, right? It's like asking how, how long is a piece of string, right? Um, it depends on the string right. what you need it for. Um, and so you look at different roads. If I'm building a new airport, right? Um, why am I building a new airport? Because I see a need for an airport. I know there are going to be airlines in there and I'm, you know, I'm going to build this so I can charge airlines to land their planes there because people want to go to this city. So I'm going to go to investors and I'm going to say, Hey, I need all this money to build this airport and I'm going to raise all this money and I'm going to build an airport. Now, what if there's no road to that airport, right? How am I going to get the the machinery there to actually build it? Um, all, you know, all these questions and, you know, if, if I want that airport to be successful, I'm going to have to build the roads. And what happens now is that the the builder of that airport would just go to the government and say, hey, we're going to bring new business to your city. So you should give us money and, and pay for this road for us. Right. When in reality, it's no, that's your business. You're going to be making money by having that airport there. The roads are probably the smallest cost in building that whole thing. You build the roads. And when you start thinking about it like that, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. If there's a new mall or a new, um, like, super whatever, like a Walmart or a Costco or, you know, one of these big stores, they're there to make money. Let them build, they're building the parking lots. A parking lot is basically just a big rectangular road, right? Fair. Let them build the roads.
1: Yeah. No, that's um, fair.
0: Yeah. So, so there are, you know, interstate roads are different, city roads are different, community roads. They've all got different um, people who are interested in using them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's going to be a toll road because, you know, why would – if an airport is going to have a road to it, they're not going to charge people to get there, right? Because they're, you know
1: Dep- – Depends I mean, on depends on the airport.
0: <laughs> it Yeah, it might depend on the airport. But, like, you know, the reality is – I mean they kind of could do that now. Like they could charge you just to get in and drive around because, you know, if you do that, you're not paying for parking. Right. so which they are charging for, um, they're charging taxis to get in there. There's, there's all kinds of different ways that, that they're making money. But the reality is, you know, if, if other airports are not charging for that road, they're not going to, and they're just going to build it into the cost of, you know, that they're charging the airports
1: yeah.
2: or,
0: that they're sharing the airlines.
1: So I could see like, you know, um, I'm, I'm here in the Tampa area. So like I could see Tampa not charging, but there's the, like the smaller one, the St. Pete Clearwater one where, you know, you've got the, um, how do I put this delicately? Uh, the crap ass airlines like Allegiant uh, that they fly out of there. I think I'm still banned from Allegiant, actually. Um,
0: <laughs> I got to hear that story.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I I went on a Twitter rampage against Allegiant, and they blocked me from uh, all of wow. their social media. And uh, I did this while I was waiting in line to get like a reef, like an another ticket because they've screwed up my flight. And now I'm stuck in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or wherever I was. And um, so I did all of this, and they said, when they handed me the ticket, they said, after this flight, you can't fly Allegiant anymore. And I went, okay. That's fair.
0: Man, I wonder, I always wonder if they actually document that somewhere. Like, are you in a system and do they have it by your name and, and passport number? Or like, you know, somebody else with the same name is going to be like, what the fuck do you mean?
1: What did I do? <laughs> what did I do? I didn't do anything. Yeah. And, uh, Matt Wright is actually a pretty common name, but yeah. So like I, <laughs> I could see, see somebody that? like them uh, charging you to drive on the road to get that, like to do a toll road in order to get to, uh, to so, St. Pete Clearwater.
0: Yeah. So, so that's an interesting point, but the reality is like, you know, if, if it becomes known that they're charging to do that, um, you know, they're, people are going to say, well, screw it. Cause like usually, you know, some people will go to an airport that's a little bit further away to save some money. Right. But if they know there's a toll road to get there, then they're going to be like, well, screw that. I'm going to end it. I mean, it's the same thing people do now. Like they look at like, okay, well, this airline's cheaper, but I'm going to get nickel and dimed for like everything. Like just for the carry on, I got to pay an extra 10 bucks or that kind of stuff. Um, you know, people, people get to know that kind of stuff. So it's, it's not in their best interest, but that doesn't mean that some people aren't going to try to do it and Hey, if that's what they want to do, that's that's fine. <laughs> I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's to me it's what it like if a private company wants to do it, go ahead, knock yourself out. Like I actually don't have a problem with Allegiant um nickel and diming me for everything. The fact that I had to pay an extra, you know, fifty bucks for a carry on or whatever it was. Or, you know, if I wanted a seat that didn't feel like I was in third grade sitting in that plastic seat that's going to break out from underneath me. Uh, I had to pay an extra 20 bucks or whatever. Like, I don't mind that. Um, I do mind that, you know, they never get me anywhere on time, but okay, whatever. Uh, That's every airline. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. There was one day I was scrolling through my Facebook feed and three posts in a row was never give your money to United. Never give your money to American. Never give your money to Southwest. And I was like, you're really cutting us out of who we can fly, people.
0: Yeah, I have. I have. Um, I'm trying to think if I should say it, and yeah, I've already posted it, so I might as well. Um, American has done so many crappy things. I once missed uh, missed my flight on a layover because the second flight left early, <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, So I have this note like next to my frequent flyer. So like whenever I'm booking, I go get my frequent flyer numbers, right? And next to American, it says, do not ever fly this airline. And I was like, and I was booking a flight and I was like, why did I say that? Oh, yeah, because they lost my bags when I went to the national convention and I had to wait for them. I didn't get them till the next day. Yeah, but I was like, but this is a direct flight. It's going to be different and it was a direct flight and they still fucked up something i don't know what it was but i was like man i went back to my notes and i said under underneath do not ever choose this airline underneath i put seriously if the only <laughs> option is american just walk so um yeah it's but i mean uh, yeah it's every airline i've had issues with to some degree and yeah.
1: do you remember um a couple of years ago yeah, a couple of years ago, Delta, like, for for lack of any other term, they shit the bed. Like, everything on Delta shut down. And we're talking days-long delays. Um, okay, so, like, something happened at their hub. I don't know what, like, some computer glitch. Everything in their hub shuts down, so they had to ground everything until they got it fixed. So it was causing, like, 10, 11, 12-hour delays on flights. And oh, wow. Like, of course, everybody was getting mad. I was flying that day on Delta. And I had to fly from Spokane, Washington, to Seattle, to Cincinnati, to Tampa. All of my flight's being delayed. It's already going to be a long travel day anyway. Everything's getting delayed. The only saving grace about that was in Spokane, I bought some legal Washington weed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and some edibles which is at the airport no not out, just outside because that
0: would have made it a better story
1: right <laughs> and i had to fly from uh spokane to seattle so when they checked my bag they didn't say anything because i was going to seattle <laughs> and so the rest of that trip was went by perfectly fine nice. i did not care even a little bit about all the delays um I think I showed up to the airport like three and a half hours early and stuff like that. Um, so would you consider yourself more of libertarian or anarchist or anarcho-capitalist or where Where do you kind of I, rest on that?
0: I think um, that's an interesting question I because I, I really hate labels okay. and I really hate trying to fit inside of a box. There, there are things that I totally agree with, with anarchists. I'd like to see the entire government go away. Sure. But at the same time, I can see, you know, I can see the right of the government to exist through freedom of association, as long as the government is not stealing from people and violating their rights. Right. Uh, So, which, you know, I've I've gotten into interesting debates with anarchists who say, well, that's not government. And I'm like, well, if, you know, if there are a hundred million statists who say, Well, you're crazy for not wanting government and we have government, but you say it's not government. You really want to argue with them or are you really just going to let them have it? Right. Um, You know, that's that's, you know, that's kind of where that is. But um, I'm kind of a capitalist, like I like starting businesses and making money. So there's that. Um, But I also see, you know, with the. it, a lot of the the libertarian socialists I've talked to, you know, most of the stuff that they say, I mean, there are the crazy ones who are, like, way off to the left uh, that are, like, eat the rich. Um, those guys I don't agree with, but um, the, the, unless they got rich by stealing, then I, right. I really would not come to their defense. The, but um,
1: the rent is theft crowd?
0: Yeah, and I actually heard – I actually heard an interesting argument for that. Actually, it wasn't even an argument for that. It was a, it was a different definition of the word rent or rent-seeking, I guess. Which is where you artificially create, where you have to rent. Which is kind of like what government does with property tax. And I'm like, well, if that's what you call rent, then yeah, it is theft. But yeah, okay.
1: So if that's actually the definition that they're going by, I agree with that 100. percent right. Property taxes, but theft.
0: But they should change it to um, to rent seeking is theft. Like because like anyone who hears rent is theft, like the, the, I was doing this for the first year. I was like, what do you mean rent? Like if I own a property and I want to rent it to you, or if I own a car and I want to like. That's people. That's what creates businesses and what creates like you can. That's what creates Uber. You're renting a ride. Right. Um, like, you know, but yeah, it's, it's those words. But at the same time, you know, I, I can't really criticize them for using the words they want to use because I for a while, you know, liked using the word anarchist um, because I like saying it doesn't mean what you think it means. It doesn't mean chaos, which is it's actually in the diff- dictionary as chaos now. Um, but the original word is it's a Greek word which means an archos, which is an is a prefix that means without and "archos" means ruler. So that all it means is without a ruler it doesn't mean without rules um, so so that was always my defense of that and it's like it, you know what people people get too attached to like these words and what they mean and like and I'm like, look we got to kind of get away because words are so ambiguous like different people see different words and think they mean different things and if you're like if you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and your main obsession is trying to get them to understand one word that you're saying in the way that you understand that same word then you're just going to fight with each other and you're never going to come to any kind of understanding right right so, um, and that's one of the reasons I hate labels because what is a libertarian? You ask five different people, they'll tell you something different.
1: Right. And I mean, you know, we, we've covered a a good minute. You know, you got, you got just your basic old libertarians and you got your libertarian socialists and you got your anarcho-capitalists and then you've got your anarchists, which aren't libertarians, but you know, somehow libertarians have accepted them, but they are like, also like those guys are annoying, um, as Spike <laughs> will definitely attest to, um, but yeah, so it's like we – there's so many different definitions of what a libertarian is that it's almost – like you say, oh, you're a libertarian? Cool. Me too. And then it's – but what kind are you? Because that's going to make a huge difference on how these conversations go. Are, you, are right. you one of the fake commie libertarians or are you one of the I'm a Republican who smokes pot libertarians or <laughs> are you an actual, in my mind, a libertarian?
0: Yeah, it's and I mean, that question is always difficult for me to answer because I really can't say that I'm any of those. I mean, you know, I I have friends who are like the crazy anarchists, like diehard anarchists. And I'm, you know, really good friends with them and I love them. and They're awesome. And I'm friends with some other people who are who are libertarian socialists and some people who are, you know, all across the spectrum. I've got I've got friends who are actually Democrats and Republicans, which and I think that in itself is is really important. To say, and hearing their ideas, because when I hear their ideas, I'm listening for like, okay, what's what's your real need? And this kind of like, you know, you were you were asking um, earlier about my uh, my free healthcare platform, right? That came from talking to Democrats and understanding like, okay, they want free healthcare, like, because, but that's that's not really what they want. They just want healthcare. There's some guy that's out there with like this really bad haircut saying, you know, hey, I'm going to give you free healthcare. And they're like, oh, that sounds great. That's going to solve my problem. So the free healthcare is really the solution that they want to solve their problem of not having healthcare. Um And so when you look at it like that and it's like, OK, so you say what you want, but that's not really what you want. Let's actually have a conversation. Would you be happy with really, really cheap, affordable healthcare? And most of them are like, yeah, I'll, I'll be right. OK with that. And then I start talking about, well, you know, if we get rid of all these restrictions that the government have on innovation in in healthcare and and, you know, uh, drugs and everything. And, you know, I give them straight out comparisons. Look at the cost of drugs in this country compared to Mexico um, or or India or all these other countries. Um, It's not because they have laws forcing the prices down. It's because they don't have such a restrictive government. So all these all these manufacturers are competing for your business. And they're like, oh well, I guess if if that's true, then I would I would agree with that system because I'm not paying like I'm already making minimum wage, and you're taking half of my paycheck to pay for these programs. Like, okay, so this would really be more. This would actually cost me less than free healthcare would cost me. (laughs) And then they start thinking about it and they're like, okay, that's cool. But you don't get there by saying like, oh, you're a crazy commie Democrat and I hate you. You get there by saying like, well, let's have an actual conversation and let me actually hear you out and see how my philosophy can serve your needs.
1: Okay. So let's say that – let's say that – and you know, hopefully this happens, but you get the 15% uh, in polling numbers. You're allowed on the debate stage. And you're there, and you're up there, and you're giving regular libertarian answers, and you're saying things like fire the IRS and in the Fed. Who, if Fox News is allowed to do it, I don't know, because apparently not anymore right now. But uh, if Jake Tapper's sitting there and he's asking you, uh, how do you plan on doing that? What are you, what are you gonna tell him?
0: So. Basically, I mean, you walk in there and say you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's the interesting thing. The income tax is if we were to as a very first step, which I I don't know if I would not go further than this as a first step, but as a very first step, just say we're going to enforce the income tax constitutionally and legally. Most people who are earning wages from a regular job are not going to be paying income tax. Um Where and this kind of goes in line with getting rid of the debt we have this massive debt that we've accumulated and one of the reasons that we have so much tax is to pay for the debt right to service the debt and this is how banks work right banks are like okay let's see we want to make a lot of money how do we make money interest okay how do we make more interest we either jack up the rate or we lend more money so what do the banks do they lend more money to the government and there is no other organization in the world that any bank would lend to in fact um, banks won't lend to certain countries if the country itself is not stable. Um, they lend knowing that they have a steady source of income, right? you if you go to get a business loan, they look at your income and they say, okay, you've got that income, we'll lend you money based on that. If you have $22 trillion in debt, there's no bank that's going to lend you a dollar. Unless you're the federal government with a massive army that can say, well, we're going around a gunpoint and collecting money from people to pay for the interest on this debt. And when you look at where who that debt is owed to, a lot of it is owed to the Federal Reserve Bank, which is like, how did that happen? You know, the, the United States government owns the printing press, they buy the ink, they buy the paper, they pay for the labor, they pay for the electricity, they own the building that it's printed in. And somehow that's called borrowing. Like, no, we just need to scratch that debt off the ledger and be like, this is a screwed up game of three card Monty, where we we're, we're doing this exchange with the treasury notes and all this other crap. No, let's just get that off the books that that debt goes away first. Right now we just start looking at cutting the taxes. And when you start cutting all the, you know, the taxes and the expenses and everything else and all the wasteful spending, you get rid of the wasteful programs that we don't need. Like the department of education, which I know Democrats hear that. and like, Oh my God, he wants to cut education. No, I don't want to cut education. That's department of education is actually making less money available for your schools.
1: That's it. Um, And I mean, that's like the Department of Education came into existence in 1972, I believe, Um, sometime under Nixon. And since then, the cost of the Department of Education has just steadily climbed. while test scores that I don't understand. I mean, yeah, they've dropped slash stayed the same over time. It's like you have done nothing to improve the education of America. And then when you come out with things like uh, Common Core. Which more and more uh, states have been rejecting recently. All you're doing is dumbing down America. Um, I understand that that is actually I well I personally believe uh, I think that's actually part of the plan because if you get them dumb enough, they're just going to believe government and right. But
0: government government made me smart because they they taught me everything I know.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, and yeah, and what's interesting about that is like even with Common Core, it's like okay, everyone hates that system, and I see so many reasons why. Um, but I don't reject it just on its face. It's a, it's a different way of learning. So maybe it's bad. Maybe it's good in some different ways. I'm a math nerd and I see like, you know, some of the, some of the math things that they're doing and I'm like, well, this kind of makes sense. Actually, it's just a different way of learning. Um, but what's really interesting, you know, when you talk about test scores and stuff like that, when I was a kid, I had a friend who was in the academic decathlon. Right. Right. And I was like, I, I was like never into it, but like I kind of saw how it worked and it was like, okay, so you have like, you know, the smartest kids in the school, they compete for questions and then they go to like a regional and a, and a state and a national and they have this big thing out of it. And it's like, okay, we figure out when you do that, you're, this isn't just a standardized test where every student in the entire country has learned the same thing. And so when you do that, you can say, okay, the smartest kid in the entire country came from this school right here. What is that school doing different? that made their students so smart and even the 10 finalists you could look at those 10 schools and say what are these schools doing that they have in common and that's that's the market but when you just blanket across the entire country and say we're going to introduce this new program we don't know if it works or not but we're going to force the entire country to learn it and everyone's parents are not going to they're not going to be able to help their kids with their homework because they don't know it right and what what really pissed me off about common core was um was i was i was helping a friend's kid out they sent her home with her math homework and there's no instructions so not only do the parents not understand the the same and it was basic multiplication they it was just like they were using different words they used an array instead of and which i understood because i'm like that's in programming that's like everything, right? So there's a they were using an array, and all it was was like you know how like when you when you first taught multiplication, you just lay out boxes. Okay, three times two, three boxes this way, two boxes this way, and then you can count them all up. And it was like fill in the array, and everyone's like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. And it, and I'm like, oh well, they're telling you, you know, six by seven boxes, scratch it in, and that's your times tables, right? But nobody got that because there were no instructions. It was just fill in. The, and, and so I see that, and I see that creates frustration. That's going to teach kids to think like, oh, my parents don't know what they talk about, what they're talking about. They don't know basic multiplication. And their parents are like, no, you do it this way. Um, and you, and it's like, I think I remember, that. you know, my parents doing the same thing. Because when I was in school, you know, that was a different system than they had. Um, but, yeah, to say, like, everybody has to learn this way is like, where's, how do you determine which one's better?
1: Right. And what of a one of the things that I've always told people, um, and I, man, I've almost got this guy who's really far on the left to kind of come over with me on this. Um, I'm, I'm so close, but uh, I personally think that, you know, education kind of needs to be handled by the localities in the states uh, because the people, in, the people in California, we'll say, uh, aren't going to need to know the same things as the people in Oklahoma. Because a lot of people in Oklahoma aren't going to have to deal with some of the issues, like some of the business issues that the people in California will. You're going to need a lot more of the uh, future far- FFA, Future Farmers of America. I think that's a thing, um, <laughs> where you know you can focus more on like the business schools or the art schools or stuff like that in California, because people in LA and San Francisco and San Diego are more likely to go in that kind of a direction. Where the sure. people in Oklahoma and not there again nothing wrong with this but they're going to be more on the you know the rural side they're going to be the more doing the the farming and the and then those types of jobs um so that's why i think it's kind of the the curriculums need to be kind of set up by the localities and by the states themselves as opposed to having this standardized federal testing service where you actually get rid of these uh of these classes like the home X and the shops and air conditioning repair or right. whatever. Um, and instead we need to go back and get those back into school. So kids can find out if these are the career paths they want to take, as opposed to being lied to until that college is the only way to make a good education. Or, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And there's, there's so much too. like, you know, there's, there's so much, um, um, education you can get online. Um, that it's like, we should, I mean, we should explore that option because you know, the, like, I, I totally get what you're saying. And that was a, that was a thought that we had, um, you know, when I was in high school, like, you know, we talked about things like that. Um, but, <laughs> um, but what if somebody who lives in, you know, some rural town in, in Nebraska, Worms, Nebraska, I'll give a shout out over there. Um, if uh you know somebody there says like, well, no, I'm really interested in like in you know, um aerospace. Right. Like that's not something that that you know, if if the school's focused like that, they might not want to teach. But um maybe there's maybe he's the only student who's interested in even learning that. So they're not gonna start a whole program for that, right? But you know, if they gave like free periods to to you know for students to just go and like learn whatever they want online from you know all these education sources that would make a huge difference because I mean, really we're, we're coming into a world where um, you know, agriculture is going to be done mostly through automation soon. Um, so a lot of these jobs aren't necessarily going to be a thing and hmm. we shouldn't really be educating ourselves based on jobs. We should be educating ourselves based on interest because at some point in the future, it's, it's not going to be about that. I mean, we're getting there.
1: Right. No. And I, and I do agree with that. I do agree that we should be, We should be educating on interest, which, either way that you look at it, either way that you look at it, it's the federal government just standardizing everything and getting and putting more money into into these standardized tests is completely unnecessary. Um, I do agree that we do need to educate on interest. I think having a wider array of arts and the the shop home acts, the, the auto bodies. Having a wider array of those actually helps people get into the field of interest that they're looking for. Um, like I took, uh, I took a ton of creative writing classes. Any English class I could take where I didn't actually have to read, I took that uh, because all I've ever wanted to, all I've ever wanted to do was be a writer. So for I took every class I could on how to write, but that was an easy one to do because it kind of fell into the federal government's. Standardized tests right? Because I I could learn how to write papers good.
0: <laughs> you you learn how to write uh um with like trial pleadings and right get there. Yeah, no, it's you know there's there's definitely um and you know that's that's you know, that's kind of how the government works, right? Like they want to take credit for everything. So well, we taught you how to we taught you how to do math. So, uh, you're smart because of us,
1: right? You know, science somewhat and math and you can read at an eighth grade level. So now you are ready to go out there and face the world. Um, which no.
0: Yeah. And then it's like, you get there and it's like, okay, what the fuck am I going to do now? Right. Um, I mean, that was like such a big thing for me. Like I went to, uh, um, I went to a community college because I was like, I, I didn't even bother applying to any major colleges because I was like, there's like, I hear names of colleges, I hear majors, and I'm like, none of those sound interesting to me. Why would I, why would I go through that process? And so, you know, I, I went, I did like some of the liberal arts stuff, like philosophy and, and some some art try to try some of that I took some classes on um on auto repair just because I liked working on cars right and like I and it's like I did all this stuff and like you know at the end of the day I was like you know okay well it's cool I learned all this cool stuff that like actually I've been able to use at some point in my life um I never made a career out of any of them uh the one I decided to make a career out of I didn't even go to school for so it's uh you know, it's, it's really like, it really is like interest. And, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there who are advocating for um, uh, what's it called, like trade tech schools, Um, you know, learn a trade so you can actually get a job and don't, don't waste your money on like, you know, a $500,000 college so that you can get a degree in something that's not going to make you any money. Um, I totally agree with that stuff, but it's like, everybody's path is different and you know, we don't all, we don't all decide what we want to do with our lives by the time we're 18 and that that's totally fine and we shouldn't be pressured into that
1: yeah i mean they're back in um back in the 90s i believe it was 99 may have been 98 a song came out uh called uh sunscreen by bob Lerman, and in it he said some of the most interesting people i know did not know what they wanted to be when they were 40 yep and uh I can't remember that song. Me too. Yeah, me too. Obviously.
0: That was a. That was I. I listened to that one a million times. That was a. That was a good one.
1: Yeah, uh, to the graduating class of 1999. Wear sunscreen. And that was my,
0: that was my class.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I remember that song, and uh, I I listened to it because somebody lied to me and told me that it was a graduation speech that was written by uh, Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> and that they had put to music. And so I listened to it a lot and memorized it because I love Kurt Vonnegut. And then I found out that that person was a liar. And now I have the entire song of sunscreen locked away in here. So that way I so can always play it I got to
0: ask, since I don't hear the name Kurt Vonnegut too often anymore, um, have you seen a movie called Breakfast of Champions? I'm uh sure the, there was a book too.
1: It, it was a book, yeah.
0: Uh, it was by his. I think it was written by his son, though. But
1: no, it was written by him. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was written by him. The Breakfast of Champions is a martini. Is it the one with uh, Nick Nolte and Bruce Willis? Yeah, yeah, I have seen it.
0: And um, who else was in that? Yeah, it was just an awesome
1: movie. Yeah, no, uh, it's a great movie. It's a yeah. great movie. And I'm gonna be that pretentious douche, and I'm gonna go nothing compared to the book. Um, <laughs> that's actually one of my top five favorite books ever written. I've read it like six times. Um, really? Yeah, All right. I love I'm going
0: to have to, I'm not big on reading. Like I, like I'm even like, even when I read like informational type books, like I'm, it's always the audio book just cause like, I, I, I don't know. I ADD or something. I can't sit down and read a, read a book like that. But, no,
1: I I, uh, I, I definitely, might check that one out. no, it's a great, it's a great book. It's a it, fantastic read. Um, literally one of the greatest books ever written in my personal opinion. Um, and, uh, the Breakfast of Champions is a dry martini, uh, just so you know. I'm going to spoil that for you. It's about halfway through. Um, so one of, the, your other, one of your other platforms is uh, Civil Asset Forfeiture, which we've been hearing a lot about in the news recently. And I'm a, I didn't actually read under that because I assumed I knew what your position was slightly. Um, but I'm assuming we're trying to get rid of that.
0: I, I missed that. Which one is that?
1: Uh, Civil Asset Forfeiture.
0: Ah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, I mean, I, I guess we could civilly, civilly forfeit some of the government's assets back right. to the people.
1: <laughs> that's fair. Um,
0: yeah, no, that's absolutely something we need to get rid of. That's like, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, that's just a huge violation of due process. Um, to to even think that that to like to all the people who say that'll never happen in this country we've got the constitution no that's that's definitely that's one happened. of those things that's happening yeah
1: so uh, recently there was a there I believe it was a was it, it I don't think it was Supreme Court I think it was just a federal court um, ruled against civil asset forfeiture and uh, it was a huge win a guy got arrested he had a uh, heroin on him and. The rules for civil asset forfeiture means that anything that you procured from the money you made while doing the illegal thing, uh, the government got to take. So they took his, like, Escalade or something, which he had before any of this even started. And the, um, and the court ruled that, no, you have, to give, you have to give him his car back. And a huge win, in my personal opinion
0: um this was february 22nd 2019 supreme
1: court supreme court okay i wasn't sure if it was supreme so, court or federal so,
0: yeah so so that's really interesting i want to see the the details on this but um what's been difficult for most people is you know they they do have the burden of proof right but that's only if you get to trial and where a lot of people have been stuck is the government takes the property they don't ever file any charges. And in order to get the property back, you have to sue them. And if, um, you know, if you sue them, there's like, then it becomes a civil case versus a criminal case. And the, the rules might change on that with, I I don't know exactly how that works with civil asset forfeiture, but you know, yeah, you're exactly right. Like if, if it has to be something from a crime and they have no evidence to support that, then you should be able to, to get that back. But yeah, I mean it's you know we know it's insane. They there there have been people where they have like no probable cause at all, just somebody who's on his way to buy a boat, um, a used boat, cash. He he takes cash instead of a cashier's check or a personal check. Um, I've personally traveled with ten thousand dollars or more on myself before. It's it's I know most people hear that and they're like nobody should be traveling with that much money. It's really not that out of the ordinary. Um, I mean, for a lot of people, it is, but it's, you know, for a lot of people, it's not. So that shouldn't be a crime.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, Real quick from the comments, John, John uh, Reisbeck-Lopez, Bula, thanks for watching from Oregon. Uh, Love it when a kava drinker watches my show. Uh, (laughs) I really do. Um, Now, personally, and a lot of people are going to find that... um, this is going to be the most controversial thing that you actually are coming out for. But I personally think it's the most important. Um, I know what it is. Yeah, I I know you do. (laughs) Um, We really need to just legalize pineapple pizza and everybody just needs to stop hating on it.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's sad that the bigotry against this pizza is dividing our nation in half. It's, it really is. It
1: really is. Like, I enjoy a little salty and savory at the same time. I, there is nothing wrong with that. The sweet and savory, the sweet sweet and salty, it's a perfect mix. And like you were saying earlier, science has proven it's the superior pizza.
0: Absolutely. So what's what's really interesting about this is, and I like to say to anybody who disagrees with me, I may not agree with what you put on your pizza, but I will fight to the death your right to eat it. Um. It's, it's really, you know, it's not the government's job to tell us what we can or can't put in our body. I mean, if we're not harming anybody and we're not stealing from them to be able to afford the pineapple pizza, you know, it's, it's really none, none of their concern. We should be able to eat pineapple pizza in the privacy of our own homes.
1: Right. We should be able to eat pineapple pizza basically anywhere, really, as long as it's not invading on somebody else's uh, personal property or space.
0: Right. Yeah. It doesn't have that, um, that smell that kind of wafts across, like, you know, some foods you might get that might disturb the whole restaurant. Like, uh, one of those really stale cheeses that I don't know why people like those, but
1: those, yeah. Very true. Very true. It's, uh, it's not something that, uh, it's not an offensive, it is not an offensive pizza to order out at a restaurant. Instead, it is a, uh, it it is a light hearted and it is a light hearted and tasty uh dinner that you can share between friends and have an a totally island feel while drinking kappa.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, we've apparently triggered Jacob Labelle, who is one of our regular followers here at the Money Waters <laughs> of Freedom. Um but yeah, I mean you do. You have the right to put whatever you want inside your body. Is my personal opinion on it. I don't care if that's alcohol. I don't care if that's smoking weed. I don't, I don't care if that's cocaine or heroin. Knock yourself out. As long as you are not stealing from anybody, hurting anybody, or doing anything along those lines, put whatever you want in your body.
0: It, Absolutely.
1: Right. Um. So what's the uh, what's the next steps here for your uh, campaign? Uh, I know that the convention isn't until next. May, May,
0: that's the big convention. Right. Uh, there where, are a lot of that's where they pick. Yeah, um, so there are a lot of conventions coming up along the way. There's a few um, this year, 2019, that I'm going to, um, and basically just going out and meeting with some of the some of the possible future delegates. And while I'm there, you know, recruiting more volunteers. We've got some awesome print materials that we're working on that are going to be going out all over the place. And actually, let me let me answer this because it's really. Kind of the same stuff. Um, You know, the question came up, well, why would you even run for a third party because you're never going to win? I hear that all the time. The, The reality is, you know, the government that we have and the representation that we have is a reflection of what people want. Like it or not, people want it. There are millions of people out there who want who want democratic socialism or whatever you want to call it. There are plenty of people out there who want a border wall and and Trump ruling with an iron fist like it or not that's there. And so what I see is, you know, if ever anybody is going to get elected who's not either one of those, we need to change the conversation that we're having in this country. And so what I'm doing with this campaign is changing that conversation. And in order for me to win, I can't just go to those people and say, hey, I'm going to pander to you and you're going to vote for me and I'm going to win. That's not going to happen because realistically, You know, if people still want some, you know, some authoritarian to come in there and say this is what's going to go down and this is how it's going to work and and this is what everybody's going to get out of it um, and we're going to steal in order to make it happen, if that's the mentality that people have, they're never going to elect somebody like me. So we need to change that. And we need to change that, not just so that I can get elected, but because if we don't, (laughs) things are going to get really bad. I mean, they're already getting pretty bad, pretty ugly. You know, people are fighting each other in the streets like which is insane to like me.
1: Like literally fighting each other in the street. Literally,
0: shoes. yeah. It's and you know, oh, you're wearing a red hat. I'm gonna kick your ass. Right. Um. It's it's insane. Like we're supposed to be a civilized society. Apparently, that's what we're paying our taxes for, right? Um. So we can live in a civilized society. And and you know, we need to change that conversation. We need to stop like thinking like I need to take down the other side in order for me to get what I want. That's that's not the way it has to be. We we can all get what we want. If we stop trying to put down the other side to get there. Um, And so that's really the focus of this campaign. And in doing that, we are going to reach a lot of people. And whether we get elected or not, whether we win, it's going to be a win. Because the win is not the win, the big win. The win is in changing the conversation and getting people to actually understand some of these concepts and start sharing it with their friends. Um, And that's going to change, you know, whether or not I win that's going to change what people are demanding from their congressmen and senators and whoever the next president is. So that I think is even more important than just getting into the office and doing these things. I say that I, that I'm going to do, if people are demanding that it's going to happen.
1: And some of the, a lot of our viewers may not know. Uh, and I actually learned this during the 2016 race, um, there is no primary for the... There's no primary vote for the Libertarian Party. The Libertarian presidential nominee and vice presidential nominee uh, are picked as... Uh, by the delegates. Um yep. And a lot of people didn't it's... know that. And uh, I, f- I found that out... I guess I, did, I, f- I knew that in 2016, so I found it out like a couple years before that. But right. uh, a lot of people were really upset when they went to go vote on a primary day in their state and they couldn't vote
0: right yeah it's not how it works at all and it's 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 not really publicized that way um which is interesting but you know they have no reason to even mention our names and maybe that's why we don't get uh, you know a public vote um but you know the the reality is the other parties actually do kind of work in the same way your votes go to like they it's kind of like the electoral college all over again you go to a polling place and you vote but then those votes are used to pick delegates and you know we saw i think um I think uh, Ron Paul got screwed over that way in in some states where the vote said, you know, we we need a delegate who's going to vote for Ron Paul. But the delegates who are actually selected were not Ron Paul delegates. And, you know, and of course, calling someone a Ron Paul delegate doesn't really make them that because they still go to the national convention and then cast the vote and they can change their vote, which is just like the Electoral College. So. um, So, yeah, this whole thing, like the it's, you know, politics and what we think of it, especially like if all you know is the ballot box, like there's this whole thing going on behind the scenes that really makes those ballots, you know, it can make those ballots totally worthless. Um, And, you know, and I totally get it that, you know, if um, it's boring and you don't want to pay attention to it. I mean, that was my position for the longest time. Like, ah, who cares? Like some, some asshole is going to get elected. He's going to make some laws. I'm still not going to be able to, you know, buy alcohol until I'm 21. I'm still not going to be able to do this and that. And, you know, all, all these things. And um, that that was my opinion. But, you know, uh, I, had a, I had a friend today, he sent me an invoice. He's like, man, I can't believe this. Um, and he bought something online from another state. And normally, you don't pay sales tax on it. But they just finally, you know, uh, got the sales tax through where you have to pay sales tax on, on interstate purchases now online. And so he was like, man, I have to pay like an extra $300 on top of the original cost just in tax. What's up with that? And I'm like, man, this is, this is why I say, you know, if you don't, it doesn't matter if you don't pay attention to politics, politics are paying attention to you. They know you're spending money they're that you're not paying tax on it. And they've been trying to get that tax passed for like what, 20 years now.
1: Yeah basically so, since the advent of online commerce
0: exactly and so now oh we're leveling the playing field for all of the brick and mortar stores that have to pay so well it's like why don't you just stop charging them sales tax and then it'll be fair for everybody
1: right i mean it's um, st- stop charging them sales tax or let allow them you know get rid of some regulation that makes it impossible for them to survive without you know charging so much you know absolutely. Like minimum wage uh <laughs> just toss minimum wage right out the window um but um which i personally agree with which i personally agree with but that's a completely different conversation um is your tie real because you always get that taxation is theft so perfect at the top
0: yeah it's uh that's real man it's uh i actually do this um i don't know how you tie them but um I I learned to time where like when you put it first around your neck, you actually put it upside down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was like because everyone else I see do it? They do it they do it upside out.
1: Right. no um yeah, upside down and then you do like the double Windsor and come through. No. Uh Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sometimes sometimes I do a one cuz I think this one is this one's a little bit shorter. Right. So uh yeah,
1: and I'm tall. <laughs> I, I was looking at that online today and I was like, is he, does,
0: that's got to be it's fake. It's just
1: a clip on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's got to be fake because that taxation is theft is so perfect across the, uh, a, a, across the knot there that, uh, I figured that it wasn't real. Uh, so if any of our viewers, listeners, what have you, uh, would like to check you out, to donate to you, to follow you, what, where would they go?
0: Absolutely. Uh, go to Berman2020.com. That's B-E-H-R-M-A-N, 2020.com and legalizedpineapplepizza.org, of course. Uh, you can go there. You can donate. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, all kinds of different names, but just look up Dan Berman, or I think if you type in taxationist theft, I might come up for, right. for a few of them. Um, and then, of course, I've got taxationist theft, the brand on, on each of those platforms, as well as YouTube. Um, YouTube is the awesome one where I actually got youtube.com slash taxation theft. Uh, some of the others are, are a variation. Uh, Facebook is slash taxation theft too. Um, and, uh, Twitter is taxation ES theft, taxation S theft. Um, cause the other one was taken, even though it's like people squat on these names and they're not using them for anything. So right. that kind of sucks. But uh, and I've got taxationistheft.info with uh, with a podcast and a blog on there, which has some really awesome information about taxation being theft. And of course, taxationistheft.cards, where you can go get some awesome merch. <laughs> Basically,
1: any way you can think <laughs> to spell taxation is theft with any sort of ending after it, you, you know, .dot com, .dot org, .dot. Yeah, and dot. if you
0: and if you find one that I haven't found yet, let me know because I want it.
1: Right. Um well thank you so much for coming on. Um I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my part uh and play the outro music, but if you will hang out for a few minutes afterwards, so cool. Excellent. Uh so everybody else, uh remember you can follow us on Facebook.com slash muddied waters of freedom. You can follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters, on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash muddied waters media. Uh and you can find this in every other episode of muddied waters media at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. Now, uh, tomorrow is Friday. So Mr. Murica, the bearded truth closes out the week for us. And then you get two days off before he comes back on Monday to give you a recap of everything that happened on the weekend. And then all new episodes of everything next week. So, uh, tune in. Oops. I forgot to do the music. Um, let me continue to talk for a little bit longer. Um, So be sure to tune in all next week for all new episodes of everything. And, uh, you know, just have yourself a fantastic weekend and make sure that you watch uh, Jason's show tomorrow. Mr. America, The Bearded Truth should be starting about 8 o'clock. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks. I
2: am, I am, I am swinging from a 7th story window Throwing parties in a 10x7 cell It's astounding, the I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help Yeah, I am waving while I drown Don't bother swimming out to save me, I will only drag you down I'll try to use your body as a life raft Cause if there's room enough for one, there must be room enough for two I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset been on savoury water till the liver turns blue I've San-a-na. it from the gunman I'm singin', hey, Mr. Tamarine, man, play a song for me When my hiding place is brought to stand it, the lengths I'll go oh, oh, to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help fuck <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat>